What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm your host, Hayes. And on today's episode, we'll be breaking down the Bulls' big win last night against the Orlando Magic. Io DeSumo being named to the Rising Stars Challenge, uh, being named in that pool for, for that tournament. We'll also be talking about something that, that you know, has been on my mind. And that is how the DeMar DeRozan signing went right, where the Dwayne Wade signing went wrong in several ways. I'll be making interesting correlations between the two. We'll get into all that in the mailbag right after this. All right, Bulls fans. So first off, Bulls had a really good win last night, a team win in which all five starters scored in double digits now yes everything's not about scoring the bulls did have another lapse late in the game in which they allow the orlando magic to come back um and tie the game at one point but what where it went different at for the team um in this game is that the team was able to immediately battle back it wasn't they did not allow the orlando magic to take the lead they they were immediately came in played better defense, did not allow the Orlando Magic to score, I think, any in the last two minutes of the game to end up winning the game still by 11 points. The Bulls' biggest lead in the game was 13 points. So the way that the Bulls were able to immediately come back and basically reestablish their lead in full was good. We've been talking about a lot of times in which the Bulls give up big leads, right? They can't hold on to leads. And while they still did that in this game, it was nice to see the team immediately be able to battle back, to immediately kick it into a different gear, to be able to hold on and lock down that victory. And yes, there are things, positives and negatives to take out of this game as well, uh, in the way that the Bulls defended at times. But the Bulls were very active on defense. We got big contributions. The bench played solid overall as a bench. We didn't have any one big score off the bench uh, in tonight's game, but our starters really held everything down. In the game last night, the Bulls shot 51% from field goal overall. They shot 36% from the three-point line and won the rebound battle 49-36. to 36. This was a good team win, and in which a time period in which I've said that the Bulls have, they play a lot of games over the course of, of February, a lot of games in a condensed amount of time between now and the All-Star break. We wanted to see the Bulls kind of get some things back on track, get back to playing winning basketball, and while... I will say, you know, it's, I don't want to just talk about all the good that that the, the Bulls not being able to hold on to leads um, is concerning. And it's been something that has been a concern since the beginning of the season. And I know people are going to say, well, we're missing Alex Caruso. We're missing Lonzo. And those things are all valid. But these were things that were plaguing the team even when we had those players. So it's just it's just a concern. Now, do I think that they'll be able to to fix it? Yeah, I, I, this team has been a team that continues to adapt. They continue to win in different ways. Um, and so with all that being said, I do think that this team can figure it out, and I hope that they do. Um, it was good to see the Bulls uh, get a victory. It's good to see them hopefully string together some wins. Um, it's not going to get any easier for the Bulls, right? I know we do have a stretch in February where we don't play some of the best competition, but again, the schedule just because of the amount of games that we pay, play is going to get very difficult. Um, so we play... Uh, Toronto tomorrow, and we already know how Toronto can be, especially in the matchups against us, how they've been tough games for us. And then after that, we play Indiana, and we know what Indiana has done to us in different parts of the season as well. And then following that, we got Philadelphia and Phoenix on a back-to-back -back uh, on Sunday and Monday. <sighs> so it doesn't get any easier for the Bulls, but just overall, it's good to see this team win in the way that they won, uh, playing team, good team basketball, passing the ball, uh, only 10 turnovers overall in this game, too. Um, and, you know, most a lot of those came, well, they, and I think a lot of those came in the first half. I can't really remember off the top of my head. But overall, um, the Bulls played a really good brand of basketball last night. And 
it was one of those th- things where you just look at, even looking at the box score, the fact that, you know, nobody from the bench really stands out, but we got six points from Tyler Cook, nine points from Troy Brown Jr., two points from Tony Bradley, nine points from Kobe White, three points from, from Matt Thomas. That is a solid scoring ability from your bench overall, right? You do initially, uh, what's going on with Kobe is a bit weird. Uh, Kobe was four for 12 for last night, but you know, that aside, Tyler Cook gave us some really sol- solid minutes as well last night, but Io DeSumo, and we're going to talk about Io very heavily coming in next, but I want to talk about Io in this game specifically. Io giving us nine assists, 13 points, five points coming in that key stretch in which the Bulls were taking that lead back after allowing Orlando Magic inside, um, hitting a a two-pointer, then the three-pointer. Io has ice in his veins, and it was good to see a quote like this from Io after the game. Um, I just think it just comes from the mentality. Um, since a young age, I always have the confidence to to know that, you know, what you work on um, when the lights are off by yourself late nights, um, early mornings. Um, you, I just tend to have the confidence to take the shots when it's the, the biggest stage. And um, that just went on to my high school career, my um, collegiate career. And then it's just something that always was instilled in me. And, you know. Io being named to the to the All Star, I mean to the Rising Stars, and being in that pool and going to be in that tournament, some of my expectations for him. I just I just think Io is really going to come out and show and just shine amongst a bunch of other lottery picks, rookies, second year players. I really do think that Io is going to have a hell of a tournament. Now, again, I don't even know how many minutes Io is going to play, but I just I just his grit, his determination, everything. Io Desumu talked about how Demar Derozan gave him lessons on a full three-hour plane ride and just showing him where he can uh, change his game, how he can make himself better, you know, just absorbing everything uh, like that. And I want to know, in this Rising Stars Challenge, what are some of your expectations for uh, Io DeSumo? How do you think he's going to shine, how he's going to play, and what's going to be some of the key takeaways that we see from him in that Rising Stars tournament as well? I forgot to mention, what did you think about the game last night from the Chicago Bulls? But let's get into the next topic. Talking about DeMar DeRozan, and Io DeSumo calls DeMar DeRozan his big brother. And this is just an interesting thing that I want to talk about and, and where my mind went in, in hearing about this. DeMar DeRozan is doing the things that we hoped signing Dwayne Wade would have done for Jimmy Butler and that Bulls team at that time. When you talk about bringing in a veteran like DeMar DeRozan, somebody who's taken Io DeSumo under his wing, who's really helped Io blossom and build his confidence and is going to really help Io be great, not now, but later in his career as well. This is something that Io's always going to go back to and remember of the lessons that DeMar DeRozan taught him in the, in however long DeMar DeRozan ends up being here. It's great, but you remember when the Bulls signed away in Wade. They added him to and, and Rajon Rondo to a team of Jimmy Butler, uh, uh, Bobby Portis at the time, Miritich was still on the team, just a young overall team and where this went wrong at uh where where this is going right at where the the Wayne Wade signing went wrong you really saw Jimmy Butler become Hollywood as hell Jimmy Butler over the time that Dwayne Wade was there it really seemed like Dwayne Wade had a negative impact on Jimmy Butler and his mood his attitude right um and they kind of bonded together but then alienated themselves from the rest of the team whereas DeMar signing DeMar coming in it's it's really he's really that binding unit he's being a true mentor here one of the things that I've always said with the Dwayne Wade signing, the Bulls gave him over $20 million really for him to just end up recruiting Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat. That is ultimately what happened. They built a relationship. That relationship ended up with Jimmy Butler going to the, to the Miami Heat. And whereas this team, the culture that's being here, the, the positive effect that Omar DeRozan signing has had on the Chicago Bulls culture has been huge. 
and that, that can't go understated. When a rookie calls you his big brother and you go to his jersey being hung up from his college days, all that stuff, that is huge. That is what builds culture. That is what, what makes a team be closer together. And this is where the DeMar, DeMar DeRozan signing, bringing in this veteran has gone so right. Whereas before, and that three alpha signing went so wrong for the Bulls franchise that really became of all time low for the Bulls franchise. Let me know if you agree with it. Let me know if you think my thinking's a little bit off on that. But I wanted to definitely mention that in this episode. Let's get into the next topic. The NBA trade deadline is nine days away. Really, I think eight at this point. Now, yes, eight days away at this point. I will be having a trade deadline special. Uh, but Joe Crowley has said that the Bulls are one of the toughest organizations to really gauge what they're going to do because AK plays things so close to the chest. And what I will say, while I'm not talking about specific trades, Bulls fans that just feel like they have everything worked out, this is just a reminder that nobody knows what the Bulls is going to do. All the rumors around, hey, the Bulls are really interested in this, all that, I, I believe, right? I know not everyone's going to agree with this, but I believe that's just writers trying to come up with what they can to get clicks and to get headlines because nobody really knows what this Bulls team is going to do. Nobody does. They play it so close to the chest that nobody really knows what they're going to do. But uh, I wanted to mention that. Let me know down below what do you think about that and how do you think and how do you appreciate the fact that we do have a front office that you can trust. And that's what I trust. And I think more of us need to trust them if I'm being honest with that. So let's get into this next uh, thing. This is the mailbag. We got one voicemail for today, and this is from Dre. All right, this is Dre. I'm going to keep this short because the last time I called, it cut off. So this is addressing the topic of Lonzo Ball and the Lonzo Ball stand. I'm going to need them to relax, okay? Because at this point, we know exactly who Lonzo Ball is. Lonzo Ball has very um, – he has good strength in regards to his being a very great defensive player or borderline great defensive player. He rebounds well. He does have good vision, and he has become a very uh, respectable, even borderline great three-point shooter that takes a high volume of shots. What he doesn't provide, he's not, he's, not a, he's not a guard that you're going to put the ball in his hands in terms of running a team. That's not his skill set. He's a, he's a transition player. He's not a half-court player. In the half-court, he provides simple passing, and he does take the floor. But he doesn't provide rim pressure. He doesn't take the ball to the basket. And then even when he gets into the lane, he lacks the shiftiness and explosion to get separation from his defensive player, and he doesn't finish well at the rim. At this point right now, I believe Lonzo Balls is shooting better from three-point range than he is from two-point range uh, or from the field overall. And that's not a good recipe to put the ball in his hands in regards to him running the offense. So we're going to kind of need the Lonzo Ball stands to relax. Lonzo Ball – has played well for us. We need him, you know, long term. But let's not start creating this narrative that the Bulls aren't using Lonzo Ball right. They're using him based on what he has displayed as an NBA player in terms of what he can, what he does well. He's facing the floor. He's a pretty good tempo passer. He's a good, solid piece to have on a really good team. That's what he is. That's what he's going to be. All right? That's it. So Dre is responding to the Lonzo Ball stands. I know I posted a little video on the shorts yesterday just making fun of them. And here's the thing. I get what, what Dre's saying. I don't agree with a lot of it. While I do, you know, you have even people in the comments of my video saying that this is really Lonzo Ball's team. No, it's not. It's not at all. But Lonzo plays a key role. Even in the people who say, hey, let's trade Lonzo and, and Io can be our starter. Listen, Io is great and he's going to be great. But as of right now, Ayo Desumu is not the defender in the versatility and the way that he can defend 
that Lonzo Ball is. And while Io did hit some big shots for us last night, we have seen moments in which Io is afraid to, to take certain shots if his shot isn't falling. Lonzo doesn't have that. Lonzo can go 0 for 10 from three-pointer, but guess what? If, it, if, it, if a three-pointer is open, he's going to take it. He's not going to pass it up. And I also think that, you know, some of this is the coaching staff. You know, in what Dre said in his diagnosis of Lonzo's game, a lot of, a lot of truth is being said there to how Lonzo is playing. But I think the coaching, well, I know the coaching staff isn't really unlocking a lot of the skill set that Lonzo Ball does have. And we, I get it. I've said it before. I think it's because, you know, DeMar has to operate in a certain way. You kind of, It kind of pushes other players to be out in perimeter so DeMar can have um, a space to operate. But we've seen it in the stretch where DeMar and Zach were out. We've seen a different set of, of skills from Lonzo Ball that we really don't see when everyone's healthy that I hope that we can get back to seeing more consistently at some point in time. So that's where I think with that. Let me know what you guys think. I, Dre, I get it. And I know Lonzo uh, Ball family stands can really kind of turn things in a way that's just not realistic. But I also want to be fair in evaluating and talking about his skill set. Lonzo isn't just an outside score. He's not just that at all. And he shouldn't be regulated to just that. I do hope, and it's going to make the Bulls more dangerous in the uh, in the postseason if Lonzo's skill set is kind of more unlocked. But again, I get what some people are saying. And I know, uh, you know, Lonzo, especially with when he does get to the middle, how he has made awkward passes out of it. And, you know, that I, I've, I've been my biggest critique on him. I do want to see a better layup package um, from Lonzo Ball at certain times. But let me know what you guys think down below on that. But that's it for me for today. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I like to end everything on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace.